Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. We have a word from our very own Bishop Dwayne L. Bull. The title of today's sermon is called Faith is What It Takes. We pray that you are blessed by this message. First Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and we will pick it up. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pick it up at the ninth verse. Glory to God. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God uh, take care for oxen? Question. Let tenth verse. Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope. And that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? Uh, This is a text that Paul was sharing with the Corinthians church. Basically trying many, many preachers and many speakers deal with this on the context of Um, justifying or determining a proper wage or increase for those who are ministering the word of God or ministering to the people of God. And this is an appropriate text for that. But I want to bring another side to this text on today because I've been dealing with my series on faith. Amen. And I want to share with you in the 10th verse of saith he all together for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt no doubt. Somebody shout, no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. This is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. And what I'm, I want to bring to you a spiritual understanding of this scripture. We are in a time and season, amen, where the enemy is attacking Um, the uh, efforts of our faith and our belief. Uh, It is important that we understand that even though things are not working out possibly the way you thought they should, based on your spiritual efforts, based on your faith walk, based on your consecration, and let's talk about it, based on your giving, based on your tithing and offering, some people are being perplexed and being challenged that because they have made some spiritual impact, the spiritual exercises or works in their lives, amen, many times in the past, they knew if they tithed and gave offering, they knew if they were faithful to their churches. So, you know, they knew if they served, they understood there was a psychological conception that if I did these works by faith, that there would be an outcome, there would be a reward even, there would be a a, man, a gratification. There would be some kind of increase. And God told me to speak to the church this morning because, amen, many people are seemingly, amen, doubting and fearing because their routine, their spiritual routine has been interrupted. 
And so people are finding themselves not feeling uh, fulfilled, not feeling, amen, competent, not feeling as though God is still going to bless them because the truth of the matter is many times we become religious even in our spiritual works to the place where we feel if we do this, then this is going to happen. But the challenge is we're not able to do the routine as we normally would. We're not able to serve like we normally would. We're not able to carry out the normal spiritual duties and things that we would normally do. And so the enemy, in many cases, as the Holy Spirit was revealing to me, is now attacking the mind of the people because now people are losing hope. Mm. And so this scripture talks about as long as the plowman is plowing, he has hope. As long as the person is threshing, amen, is threshing, he, he should have hope in what he's going to protect. In other words, if I'm plowing the field, then I realize there's going to be a harvest because I participated in that plowing. I, I'm the one that dug up the clocks of dirt. I'm the one that put down the seed. I'm the one that put down the fertilizer. So I understand about three months, four months, the corn harvest will come in. The wheat will come in. I'm the one in the threshing floor that, I mean, if, I, if I'm not the one that's, amen, doing the farming, then the other part that I do, the threshing, when the corn or the wheat comes in, I thresh it and separate it. I prepare it for the market. And I understand there's a compensation for that. Uh, but I'm not able to, to, to plow. I'm not able to thresh. So I feel as though inadequate but God told me to tell you amen even though your spiritual routine has been interrupted my children please do not lose hope uh, yeah, many of us are sitting here what am I what am I to do many have even even preachers have lost their identity they, they've lost their purpose because amen we have been trained that ministry is in pulpits we've been trained that ministry is on Sunday morning we've been trained we've been trained through a system of church and religion that this is how we please God but I come to encourage you Amen, amen, not to down what we came out of, but I'm more excited about what we're about to go into. In other words, God says, I'm still going to bless you uh, because honestly, it's not really by your works I blessed you in the first place. It was always by your faith. Amen. I blessed you even though you attended church. I gave you credit because you did it by faith. Even though you preached in my pulpits, amen, I did it because you believed me that what I, you were saying to the people was coming from me. Uh, even though you were used to singing and ministering and, sing, uh, and playing instruments before thousands of people, hundreds of people, and now we have just a few in sanctuaries or none at all. Amen. Some, even the musicians and the worship leaders could feel kind of hopeless because they found their energy, they found their worth based on the response of the crowd. And now there is no crowd, but we, amen, if you really understand faith, amen, as we minister, we're supposed to be ministering as unto the Lord. And so just because the people are not there, we must have faith and hope to know that what we're doing, we're doing as unto the Lord. Amen. God has never gave us the 
credit, amen, for a big crowd or a little crowd. It's always been based off of the faith of the person. And God says, I want you to have hope in this season. Just because your routine has changed doesn't mean my plan for your life has changed. See, that's the thing about this world. The aesthetic of this world is based on numbers in size. But I base my blessing on the pureness of your faith and the intentions of your heart. What are the motives of why you're doing what you're doing? And God says, I'll check your heart. And if your heart is unto me, I'll bless you as if you gave, if you ministered to one person as the same as if you ministered to 10,000. Numbers don't impress me, but the heart of why you do it is the reason why I will pour out my spirit and my blessings upon you. Somebody, listen to me, has lost hope because they're not able to function in the things of God like they're used to. Yes, we all miss church. We all miss the choirs. We all miss the concerts. We all miss the revivals. We all miss the conferences. But we're finding out that God is still God. Even though our norm has been turned upside down, God still has many blessings for his people. Maybe we have to learn a higher level lesson. Did you hear what I just said? We need to learn a higher level lesson that is not in the greater of the numbers that God moves, but it is in the spirit of the person who's moving. It is the reason why I preach. I taught the people years ago when we started the church 25 years ago, we would come into the sanctuary and there was no humans there. Just a couple field mice and some crickets. But we would preach under the anointing because we were preaching to God. We were preaching for God. In this season, while everything seems to be shut down, I come to declare that the miracles of God are still moving in the earth. There's still bodies that need to be healed. You might not be able to touch them, but my Bible says that when the centurion came to Jesus, Jesus was going to come to his house. But the centurion said, no, nah, don't come to my house. But if you send the word only, ah, thank you, Jesus. We've got to understand our power is not based on our physicality, but our power is based on the authority that we have in the word, in our voice. We can change atmospheres with your declaration. You can change scenarios in your power. It's still in your mouth. And you got to be a people in this season that even though your routine has changed, you still got a mouth. You still got faith. You still got authority. You still can speak those things which are not as though they were. But people have lost hope because their routine has changed. But somebody tap your neighbor. Don't touch them, but look at them and say, God is breaking the norm so that his people can walk in the supernatural. God is breaking the routine so you can walk into a supernatural level of God. God said, I don't need the crowd. I don't need the show. I just need your faith. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Calm down. Calm down. There's, there's, 
There's enough faith in this room right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of folks is in here. We we got enough. I just need you to put it in your spirit all over the world. What I have is enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, many of you are waiting for your backup, waiting for your crowd. You're waiting for your support. But God said, I gave you enough faith in this time right now to do it like I said so. Y'all are waiting for the things to change. But what if the things don't change? God said, don't let the things not changing change my word that's working in you. Just because things around you are chaos doesn't mean I haven't given you peace in the midst of the storm. You gotta trust me when you can't trace me. You gotta know me when you can't see me. When there is no footprints to follow. You gotta know that I am your God. When there is no signs of a wet fleece in a dry ground you got to know that I'm yet with you. I promise you I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what I need you to do is get up from that seat and pull yourself up and get yourself together and get some hope back in your spirit and trust oh God oh God somebody say it five times I trust him I trust him come on say it I trust him I trust him I yet trust God I'm in a season I can't see him but I trust him I'm in a season where there is no signs where there is no wonders but I trust him I'm in a season when everything is not the way I'm used to it but I yet trust him I'm in a season when there is doesn't look like there is no feeling I don't feel him I don't see him but so what I still trust him I still trust him Lord, help me calm down and teach about 10 minutes here. Ew, my time is almost up. What? Faith. My topic for this morning is faith is what it will take. Faith is what it will take. You know, for some reason, we, are, we have a lot of faith in our own abilities. Humans in general, we, we really believe in our planes. We, we really believe in our strategies. And honestly, many people are coming to a, a, a conclusion that, amen, many people are feeling like failures. Many people are feeling like things they missed God, they missed their time. Many people are feeling like they missed their exit. They missed their opportunity. Many people are depressed because their strategy has been completely shattered this year. But your plan had nothing to do with his word in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Maybe God shattered your plan so you could see him. Because your plan was blocking the view. Lord, how much y'all didn't get me right there. Sometimes our plan blocks the view of the real vision that God has for your life. So God loves us so much that he will crush your plan so he can reveal his view. 
Lord have mercy. And so many of you are crying about something that was hindering your progress in the first place. In other words, you're in a better place now that you've been crushed. <laughs> because if things would have worked out the way you want them to work out, you might have found yourself in a pig pen by now. But thanks be to God, the last time I looked, you were stressing the same, driving better, eating like you ain't never lost a meal. The last time I looked at you, you were doing what God wanted you to do. You pray more, you read more, you dedicate to God more. Matter of fact, this COVID-19 has brought you right back on track. So, so stop crying about your plans. Because they weren't his in the first place. God told me to tell you, faith is what it's going to take. Not your plan. Not your strategy. Because your strategy only took in consideration what you could do. And who you can manipulate or get to do what you want to do. So now that all them people are gone, because you can't even get close to them. <clears throat> all of your strategy has been crushed because everything you planned on, take this out, everything you planned considered people being involved. We're in a season, are you ready? Are you ready? We're in a season where people are not included in the equation. Can you handle where you are right now? Because right now you cannot depend on people. You can only depend on on God. Lord have mercy. I know you're not used to it because I know you're used to having your hand in your own miracle. But we're in a season where your hand is not going to be included in this next miracle that's getting ready to happen in your life. Nobody's going to get the glory but God. Secretly, 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 there's a part of us that want to be included in our own miracle. We want to be able to say, it's because I prayed, it's, it's because I witnessed, it's because I showed up to church every Sunday, it's because I, I worshipped, it's because I preached such a message, it's because I, 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 even in spiritual things, the I still leaks in to our conversation. Even in, this, even in the church, we've allowed the human eye to, to, to leak in and to pollute and call toxins to come into the miracle of God. And God said, I had enough. I had to get rid of the eye. I had to separate the flesh because what I have for you, I had to shut your mouth. I'm reminded of a story that God wanted to bring the uh, glory to God, John the Baptist, into the earth. But he, God chose a man of God. He was in the high place. He was in, a, in the holies of holies, carrying out his religious duties. And the angel of God, he was in a dimension, but then a dimension came into him. Come on, take your time. He was in a dimension that he was used to, but then a dimension that he wasn't used to came and introduced himself to him. See, many of you are used to a certain level of spirituality, but God said in this season, I'm going to bring angels or the depiction of another dimension of God into your life. One that you have not practiced or have no reference. And so the angel comes to John the Baptist's father and say you will have a son I love God because this same man who was carrying out religious duties year after year even though he was doing everything he was trained to do he was yet barren and so many people 
have been going to church Sunday after Sunday, year after year, but your womb is still empty. You're still barren, but your desire, your faithfulness will push you into a dimension that you haven't been trained for. What am I saying? I believe that 2020 is the year of the untrained. I believe God's going to reveal his supernatural power at a level that we've never expected before. God is going to break the norm of our religious ideals and introduce us to a new dynamic of the supernatural that man has never seen before. Whoa! So let's talk for a minute. Let's talk to the story. The angel comes and says, look, man, you're getting ready to have a son. Woo-wee! Man, see, by this time, the high priest all he had left was his religious practice. He already gave up on being a father. They tried so long to have a child and was disappointed. Can I say that 2020 has been created by God for the disappointed? God is coming and knocking on the door of the faithful disappointed. Those who have been faithful but have not got their due for their consistency. This man year after year carried out the ordinances of God but yet was barren. He laid with his wife year after year. She could not conceive. He didn't know it was his fault. He didn't know it was her fault. He didn't know what the problem was but the more they tried the more they were disappointed. I come to tell you it's not that you weren't trying. It's that it just wasn't your season. God said there's some things that can only happen if certain doors open up in your life. So the angel says to the man, you're going to have a son. And you're going to call your son John. Yeah, I'm almost done. And the man, the man, the man was getting ready to fix his lips to doubt. And see, see, there's certain dimensions that God will allow flesh to dwell. We learn this from the tabernacle. We have the outer court. That is the, uh, that is the out, outer court where flesh is. We got the inner court where the candlelight in the glory is. Then we got the holies of holies where it's just glory. Mm-hmm. And so the outer court, everybody, every, that's general church. That's everybody come, come as you are. The inner court is where, glory to God, there's a presence of God. But then there's also, amen, man, amen, carrying out the sacrifice. So man has a part with the glory in the inner court. Most of us are either outer court saints or inner court saints. We like the presence of God, but we want to be able to say we have something to do with it. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, God used me today. God used me today. A whole lot of people got blessed today because I prayed, because I sang, because I preached. Intercourt saints. But the holies of holies is by invitation only. You can't just walk up in there. Glory to God. The man was used to being in the intercourse, but all of a sudden that dimension changed to the holies of holies. And now what you got to understand in the holies of holies, you can't allow flesh to talk. Hmm. The man, the angel, the, the man was getting ready to fix his lips to say something and the angel shut his mouth. Because he understood if he would have said anything that was contrary to what God said, it would 
mess up everything because man still has dominion on earth. He shut his mouth. The man left out of there with the word from the Lord. Amen. And next thing you know, his wife conceived. And when the son was born, amen, he was still mute. He couldn't talk. When the son was born, everybody looked around because the father names the son. And they looked at the priest. And the first thing he said, his name is John. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that God is going to mute some things in your life till conception happens. There's some things that God is going to reveal to you that doesn't line up with the norm of your experience. And God says, stop calling folk and asking them what they think about your dream. Stop it. God is revealing some intimacies with his people in this season. And he needs to be able to trust you with a mute mouth in this season until it comes to pass and don't you dare amen God says I want you to start your business but you're sitting here talking about why would I start a restaurant when we can't even sit down next to nobody but if that's what God says that's what you do why would you birth something new amen and everything around you says you can't do it for God says I don't care how long you've been barren when I say it's gonna happen you just gotta wait for it because faith is what it takes in this season. We got to move. My time is out. I think I've said enough. I got a whole lot more scriptures, but I can't get to them. I got to encourage you on today that you got to be a man and woman of faith like never before. Your norm, you can no longer allow your norm to be your crutch. Come on, come on. We, we are throwing away crutches in this season. Stuff that we was leaning on that wasn't God, we got to throw away. Mm. Come on, somebody. We literally lean on systems. We lean on religious routines. We're depending on things. Amen. That Check this out. It may have been, here's the thing people mess up. Amen. At one time it was revelation. Now it's become religion. When Moses spoke to the rock, the first, when he hit the rock the first time, that was fresh manna. That was fresh revelation. But the second time he hit the rock, it was disobedience. Lord have mercy. And just because it worked the second time doesn't mean he was in the will of God. God took him to another dimension where he didn't have to use his flesh. All he had to do was use his mouth. See, the mouth is the only part of the human anatomy that is able to function in every dimension of God. Hmm. In the outer court, your mouth works. In the inner court, your mouth works. In the holies of holies, your mouth works. Because if you realize it, your voice or your sound comes from God. There's no other being on the earth that has a voice, has a sound, has a vocabulary, has the ability to speak the things of God. Everything else chirps, growls, amen, snarls, but we, we have the ability to speak, amen, just as God created the earth through speaking, we have the same gift. And so our mouth works in every dimension. Even when we are in a fallen place, our mouth works. Even when our body's all racked up in pain. Some of y'all are bound right now. And you, your body can't move, but your mouth can still move. And as long as you got a mouth, you got deliverance. As long as you got a mouth, you got breakthrough. As long as you got a mouth, you can summon the angels of God to come to your rescue. Your mouth is what you need. 
In this season, we have to understand that our physical man may be restrained and hindered. We might not be able to have the ability to flow like we used to, go like we used to. But trust me, just like Jesus did, when he spoke to that man's servant and healed him from the distance, it was his voice, it was the authority of his mouth that brought it to pass. Faith is what it takes in this season. Oh, I know some of us are intelligent Christians now. Well, my credit score, once it gets to 650, I can get my house. Oh, oh, once I finish my degree, I can get this job. Once, once, once I can do such and such a thing, I'll be able to do this. Once I hook up with the right people. Let me tell you something. Everything we're planning is not part of his plan. God said, I'll give you a house with no mortgage. The uh, the question is on the floor, do you need a credit score to get a house with no mortgage? I don't think it matters if you just pay for it. I think last Tuesday, I went to a closing and wrote a check for the whole house without a mortgage. I just did it. I just did Tap your neighbor and say, I just did it. I just did it. I, I just wrote a check and bought a house with no mortgage. See, our faith has to get past this system. Because in our minds, the only way you can get a house is through a mortgage. Y'all ain't hear me up in here. Some of y'all, amen, some of us have to have faith for a thing. Because there are ways of doing stuff outside of the system. I want to raise up an army of system breakers. I want to raise up an army of rule breakers. I want to raise up an army in faith that says it doesn't have to be the way you say it has to be. <laughs> We're in a place of supernatural manifestation. Things are going to happen, and they're going to break every rule in the book. And let me tell you something. There's demons and devils in people that are mad as ever that you're starting to function outside of the realm of their control in your life. And God says, I'm going to be with you on the outside. Here's the revelation. I got to close. God says, I'll keep you till you get it on the inside. But I'll be with you and push you once your mind gets to a place where it functions outside of this routine. I need a people that can understand that I am not in it. I'm working on the outside of this. Jesus came in and began to uproot all of the religious rulers and all the systems. He started saving stuff on the Sabbath day. He started raising the dead on the Sabbath day. He, started, he, had, he, he, was, he was breaking all the rules. They was hot with him. When's the last time time somebody in church been hot with you because of your faith? We conform too much. We just want everybody to like us too much. They ain't like Jesus. Let me tell you you who liked Jesus. The ones he was healing. The ones he was setting free. The ones he was changing their whole future. They loved him. Glory to God. The ones who want to keep you in their system, as soon as you try to break out that old crab pot mentality, amen, well, it's, it's been, we've been doing this for the last 50 years. Well, 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 there ain't no new revelation. Oh, there's, there's always a new understanding and better interpretation of what we think. If that's the case, we would still be bleeding people to heal them like they did in the 1500s. We don't bleed them no more, do we? They called that medicine back then. They don't do that now because things evolve and understandings get greater. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. The Bible says he'll add these things unto you. We're in a season and a time. If you be honest with you, all the distractions are gone. 
You're even tired of Netflix by now. You're searching for another, another platform to consume your mental capacity. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back to prayer. Let's go back to consecration. Let's go back. Because whatever's going to happen next is only going to happen by faith. For the just shall live.